0: Hi, I'm Ben Baez.
1: And I'm Carly Bias. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15, and have two boys.
0: This is our story of controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God.
1: Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned,
0: while also providing a dash of humor and loving banter.
1: We are still working to find wholeness, and we welcome you on our journey. Thanks for listening yet again, another week of bisography um, and picking up where we left off uh, last episode was about, yeah, just kind of our first year out of the church and what that looked like, what that felt like. And um, kind of wanted to focus more um, on this episode, just the, when things kind of started feeling really hard. Um, after the euphoric state kind of passed over us.
0: But there was a lot that uh, went on that first...
1: Yeah, that first year, like all of 2010. um, My sister got married. Well, my grandma passed away. My grandma ended up passing away in August that year. Um, And I remember just being so thankful that she was able to see us as like the, I guess, just... She'd been praying for us for so long being at the church and I was so happy that before she died that she was able to witness like her prayers for us and that we were able to leave. Remember that yeah. being a really neat thing cuz she was like just really special in our lives and um, <clears throat> yeah, so my sis and then my sister got married a couple months after that and I remember being able to enjoy that so much more maybe than I would have because we were just totally free. You didn't have to expect a phone call. You didn't have to like leave the wedding early for some other photo shoot you had to do or be at to like, I don't know.
0: Hey, a movie, all right.
1: Yeah, or attend
0: an
1: opening movie night. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like so enjoyable just to be there and be with our friends and just felt it. I remember it feeling just like a normal life you know um i also ran a half my second half marathon that year i trained with um my close friend who was at the church she and her husband at the church that we reference quite a bit um they also moved to the same area with us um and that was really that was awesome and just having at least the two the four of us to have um each other to kind of process you know Everything that had gone on, and there wasn't even—I don't know—it didn't feel like we processed a ton all together. I don't. Know, did we? No. It was more <laughs> you guys. You guys did, right?
0: Yeah, I guess if you can call processing just
1: well talking, wanting about things. to just
0: have a chimp come and uh, eat his face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's saying that because that was was one of the jokes. Well, that was because that had happened during that time. There was like a chimp that like escaped a zoo and like had
0: like, well, no, I think part of it was a lady. Yeah, I think a lady had like chimpanzees. And she was like, they were her chimpanzees and they were never mean, but.
1: And it's really, it's
0: extremely sad. So I don't want to laugh about it, but it literally, like, ate her face off and she was on Oprah oh, yeah
1: that's right yeah, yeah. all
0: bandaged up but remember Oprah yeah
1: remember that was a show
0: <laughs> she was just on the Apple event releasing the new Apple thing oh yeah
1: yeah. I knew Oprah because um, that's what I did during the day when Ben was gone <laughs> I watched Oprah
0: but Anyways, anyway
1: the chimp it was like a, that, the chimp became our joke like I'm gonna go chimp on him or whatever <laughs> The former pastor, obviously.
0: Yeah. Just let's let's release a chimpanzee on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Carly the credit. She was the first one to come up with that joke. So it,
1: that that is true. Thank you for. I wasn't going to say that myself, but I appreciate you <laughs> giving credit where credits due. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we have never released a chimpanzee on him yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm anyone waiting. has a chimp? That's, Does why, we started, a that's chimp. why we started
1: the podcast, so we can get now more of Now that we following. get to the final point, get who has a chimpanzee a that will
0: eat a face off?
1: <laughs> so that we have more <laughs> um, just power behind us when we do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so having our friends close by was great. Uh, my girlfriend and I trained together for a half marathon, and it was, it was awesome. We, like, had a goal to what we wanted to run it under. Um, we did that, and all while still like really struggling with what we knew our lives to be now, um, but still wasn't able to like really articulate that, like, why aren't things so great? <laughs> you know, um, they were, but they were better than they were. That so that's the thing. Like, they were like our situation was better than it was, but it wasn't great. We weren't feeling great. Um, but I think maybe that's why it took us so long to really push through those things and push up against those walls that, um, each of us had because we were just thankful to not be at the church anymore. So, um, it, it, it makes you,
0: yeah. What are you going to complain about? Right.
1: Exactly. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, I'm okay. My husband's still gone a lot. Okay. I'm still feeling lonely. Okay. But at least I'm like not being called a Jezebel and at least he's home like, sleeping next to me more hours than he's not, you know? So, yeah, you didn't feel like there was much to complain about, even though, and also had no measure of what a normal, like, a slightly normal marriage looked like. So that was also hard, too. We are just like, well, all we knew before was this terrible crap. So (laughs) this is much better than that, even though we still weren't really fully living, um, for sure, the capacity that, like, God wants marriages to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to add. It. I think it was a, uh, it was a process, and it was years and years of us experiencing some gains in our relationship and mm-hmm. how we communicate and thinking, oh, that'll solve it. Yeah. To really realizing that we like we mentioned last episode, there's some there's some deep hurts and and pains that we caused to each other that if they weren't addressed, then you're never going to have the freedom or emotional intimacy that you want to have in a marriage.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I know that it was uh, not easy to overlook those things, but in the midst of a new life, sometimes it's, all right, you know, this is how life is. It's not perfect all the time, but it's Mm -hmm. way better than it was. Well, and we were so
1: exhausted from what we had just dealt with and still dealing with the lease of the office yeah. and selling the church property. And, and all, trying like, to
0: get off the incorporation yeah, papers like we for were, everything. We were so yeah.
1: tired of all of the emotional turmoil that went into having just left that, I mean... To be honest, I don't think we had any more capacity or even wanted to be like, okay, let's like work on us now, you know? <laughs> like we just didn't even...
0: Instead, I I'll just start a master's less. degree. Yeah. I'll just go to school again. Yeah. And work really hard.
1: Classic Ben. <laughs> just <laughs> perpetuating the problem.
0: <laughs> um, but we had been out um, for a couple years and going through some ups and downs in our relationship, but still... Seeing some good and some bad, but never really addressing some of the deeper issues and we were um, going to dinner with some friends and we had run into a couple of rough patches where we had some pretty serious conversations, and I remember going to dinner
1: well and i had I had just gotten a job I was now working um where I am currently still working at the college um, and so that was that's important because it gave us a community, it gave me a community that I didn't have, you know, I had, um, you know, a whole office of, of new friends that, um, that were kind of in similar stages of life. I mean, I, we had been married a lot longer than most of them. Um, the ones that were married, but
0: we started real life a lot later than most people. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, but yeah, that was it was that that was an incredible community for me to walk into um because I gained some of my closest friends to this day through that job. Um and is is and that was a full-time job that I had started so that's where like my time now went um that next that next year starting that next year. Um <clears throat> but I think that also kind of not like triggered but I think I was realizing that I still, like, was not really happy, um, and I wanted, like, we, like, I think we both wanted things to be better. We just didn't know how to do that, and we had made a lot of strides in our communication, but we still were not great communicators. Um,
0: and we hadn't together done anything to try to improve that. right? Except. You know, we read a couple Bible studies together, <laughs> you know.
1: But we we didn't have any premarital. So, like, that's the importance of premarital. Like, they talk about those things. And granted, like, when you're, you know, you can only prepare so much for going into marriage. Like, I get that, too. But there, I think there are key pieces, you know, of just how to resolve conflict and those sorts of things that we never learned. And then we learned really bad habits on, like, defense mechanisms towards that that to now learn like we're a new couple, but then also having to reverse all of our bad habits just felt like impossible. Like I don't yeah. even know how to do that. Um, but I just knew that I wasn't feeling, like wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't, like my feelings weren't changing. I, I, I was still feeling really sad. And I th- I think that slowly I was me personally was still realizing or beginning to realize like little by little, like how much Ben had like really hurt me and, and, and I'll just speak for like myself. Um, and then Ben will share, you know, how he was hurt by me, but, um, just, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of recognition from either one of us of, of like, Wow, like I, I I we really hurt each other. There wasn't a lot of that. So, um, because we just didn't even understand the capacity of how much pain. I don't think Ben understood the capacity of like how much pain he had caused me, um, because it was so unintentional. So that makes it even harder to like realize. Um, but I think I was slowly beginning to realize how like deep that pain was and how I guess strong and tall and thick my walls were that I had built up over the past several years and were continuing to build because I still like wasn't feeling safe um and so anyways that those feelings were what kind of led us to the conversation so back to your conversation that you were saying
0: yeah so um we were it was a couple years out or maybe a year and a half out and we were going to dinner with some friends and.
1: From our work, so they were
0: new. From our work, well, that we had known before, but reconnected with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, from college. Um, and we started having a serious conversation, and I don't like know. Like
1: before th- leaving for dinner. No,
0: right? on the way to dinner. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's made it worse. Well, I thought we
1: had the conversation. Where we, we started went on the a run,
0: conversation.
1: And we went on a run, but then
0: we finished the conversation on the okay, way. Was to it the dinner. same day? Yeah. Okay. And um, we started. We finished the conversation and. The gist of it was that, this is going to sound really harsh, but it was a communication between us as Carly basically said, I don't love you right now. And not in a, I'm not committed to you, I want to leave this relationship or this marriage, but I don't feel the emotional intimacy to you that you should have in marriage. And that was a big turning point for me in our relationship because it made me realize, oh. Oh.
1: When I'm sobbing like telling you this, yeah. like this was obviously like extremely painful for me to say.
0: Yes. And it was painful for her to say, but at the same time it was like a knife was stuck into my heart
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I thought, well, what uh but we're out. We're gone. We're <laughs> but there's what the
1: Were you thinking what that I things thought were was, better better than they were?
0: Yeah. In my mind we were still out, so mm-hmm. why? How how could you say something like that? <laughs>
1: did you think that? Did you do you think you at that point you didn't understand like the capacity of like how hurt we were?
0: That would be yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I I just thought we're out, so why isn't it better? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm we're living together. I'm home every night, mm-hmm. even if it's late. I'm we can spend time together. We go to church together. We sit next to each other at church.
1: <laughs> Which that was weird. <laughs> yeah.
0: um... <laughs> we are enjoying our life more now than we had before. Mm -hmm. So that felt like a major, uh, it was a wake up call to me. It it made that night completely miserable. I remember sitting at dinner and just thinking, I just, I want to burn this thing down. Like, (laughs) let's just, I, I, why are we sitting at dinner right now? This sucks. I hate this. I hate everything about it. I hate that there's other people around here right now. I don't like anybody. Um, and I
1: remember feeling really relieved that, We had had the conversation because it felt like something that I had been holding, like, really shamefully for a really long time. Um, And so it felt in some ways like, oh, maybe this was the release that, like, I needed so that God would then, like, start changing us, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, But that was a major wake-up call to me to say there is some issues based upon what we went through that are not resolved. Even with leaving, that didn't magically disappear.
1: And did you do you think that you at the t- at the time that our relationship was everything you wanted it to be? Did you want more? Did you? Feel oh, like I'm there sure was I single, did. Missing.
0: I'm sure I did, but at the same time,
1: our hurts were just so different. I
0: I think, and we've talked about this before together, and I I don't think we've talked about it here. It was it was a very different situation at the church, like Carly said. Our hurts were very different. I was hurt very deeply by a pastor by leadership by someone that I was trying to serve and do the right thing and Carly was hurt in turn very deeply by me so yes it was because of that pastor and because of leadership but it was my actions that were influenced by that that affected the way that I reacted and interacted with her Mm -hmm. so our hurts were very different in the fact that I could pinpoint this on something outside of our relationship. Mm-hmm. I could say it was because of that situation and obviously some things in me that made me susceptible to that that I would have to work through. But it, it was easier on relationship because it wasn't Carly specifically that hurt me in that manner, whereas because of the way that I reacted to her and treated her, those were the things that really hurt her because mm-hmm. I didn't make her a priority and I didn't make her a part of my life. And there wasn't a lot of emotional intimacy because we never discussed deep things with each other mm-hmm. because we couldn't, because if mm-hmm. we weren't on the same page with the pastor. So yeah, I think that was the beginning of realizing that our hurts were different mm-hmm. and that, um, and
1: much bigger than we had.
0: and Yeah. And that, although I didn't intend to hurt her right. because of, being in the role, I did. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, bottom line is, I don't... Like we said last time, I had to own up to certain things and say, okay, well, I know I was influenced to do this, but I still did it. And I still um, didn't... Made, made you feel like you weren't on the same par spiritually or mm-hmm. intellectually as mm-hmm. me and didn't feel like you were a really a priority in my life. And those are things that are very hurtful when that's not even the biblical way that marriage Mm -hmm. should be. So
1: how was that process for you? Like after that realization and like, kind of like that turning point for you and just realizing, do you think you realized at that point how hurt I was or, um, like what was the process for you internally having to like own, Gosh, like, I unintentionally, like, hurt, like, the person I love most in this world.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's still at this point if I completely came to that realization. Okay. I think there's still a part of me that, the prideful part of me that was like, all right, well, like, get over it. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I've said I'm sorry. And, and I, think I think that, that this is, very, yeah, this that is. That was
1: very obvious this is
0: to me where, that that's What how we felt. went to for a lot of years is having some progress than me saying, all right, okay. I said I'm sorry.
1: Like how long are how long are do I have to say I'm sorry every single
0: day this this week or every single day for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. to finally um, because there wasn't a genuine realization I think that there was some there was some issues and again it's not to say that I was a horrible person and and I meant to hurt her but there still needs to be realization that it did happen Mm -hmm. and it wasn't great and. I think for me, at that point, we were gone. Well I finally made a choice for this family, and i'm sorry I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry that that happened and And I think there was some real genuine apologies for me at that point, but um, to think that a genuine apology maybe can't completely change the tide mm-hmm. of something yeah <laughs> we and still that's had a hard to... that's a hard realization yeah. too, to know that, yes, apologies are important. And forgiveness is important, but sometimes there's still a process involved. It's yeah. not an immediate, I'm sorry, okay, I receive your apology. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's fixed. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard realization to come to in marriage in general. Whether yeah. you've been through something like us or, or other hurts mm-hmm. and pains, mm-hmm. there's a process to it. It's not an immediate fix with a, I'm sorry, I receive your apology.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's move on.
0: Let's move on. Yeah.
1: And because there's so much, there's so much change in a day to day like basis on how we interact that has to happen, like along with an apology that we just weren't walking in. Yeah. You know, so even if there was like this elaborate apology, like there wasn't a lot of change on either ends going on with it. And I'll mention too that like I am the type of person that has a hard time like if if you know you say something that like hurts my feelings or offends me um even just saying sorry is it's hard for me to like get over that like i it's I'm not the type of person and there's some people that can easily just <laughs> move on from something, <laughs> and I'm not that person. I really wish that I was and I don't know it's like the chicken or the egg which came first. I don't know if our situation like made me more that way um or I'm trying to think if I was always that way. I mean, I think I... I don't know. It's hard to even... It's hard to know. Like.
0: Well, part of Carly's personality is she's very justice-oriented. So I think that feeds into that Yeah. aspect of saying a simple apology. I'm not going to be able to just accept that. Like, there has to be a justice action associated yeah. with it. So yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg. I think that was maybe... The part Who of my you are, but then anyways,
1: but then now I'm extra protective of myself. Yes,
0: now the walls go up, mm-hmm. and there's extra like, are
1: you're sorry, you're really sorry? Yeah. Well, show me how sorry you
0: are, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think, yeah, that that kind of also started a process of you feeling like you could never live up to being sorry enough for me, yeah, and I and that was something that I unintentionally put on Ben because I was so hurt. I didn't feel like I was getting like, I didn't feel like he really understood the capacity that I was understanding, like, slowly through our healing process of how much he had hurt me. I didn't think he, until really just the past couple years, I didn't, I never felt like he really fully understood that. That it always kind of felt like he was holding on to a little bit of that pride of, like, okay, I didn't mean to do it, so, like, when are we going to over this you know and that was that was really obvious to me that that was his attitude and his mindset and even if he didn't mean that at, at all times um I think I picked up on that and and felt that a lot of times which just I think oftentimes just pushed me further away and made me put more walls up and like just what we've learned just through our most recent counseling is like my me not feeling safe with him. That was a huge thing um, that so much stems back to is feeling, never feeling like I was like really safe with him. I like, felt safe that I would be chosen or I'd be protected by him. Um, and so learning all of, like, looking back, learning all these little pieces are so tied to, like, me feeling safe. Um, so I it was, I picked up on that. And so in turn, I, you know, I, I had put on him, like, like it it, there's he could never do enough because I felt he wasn't doing enough so therefore he was feeling I couldn't he could never do enough to like show me how sorry he was or um that he really did understand the capacity of like how much he hurt me yeah and that was hard for you to deal with obviously
0: yeah then there's a nasty cycle where you just continually work in your own hurt and pain Mm -hmm. instead of
1: Trying to pull instead things of, from each other. Yeah,
0: instead of, you know, so then I get upset and then I go back to just, I don't know, trying to be intellectually superior mm-hmm. or.
1: You're such a jerk about that. <laughs> he, just, he just tries to use his summa cum laude any way he can.
0: <laughs> it's Magna.
1: Dude, whatever. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's one lower. I'm just telling you, I was one lower than the summa. Oh, okay. I was a magna. Okay,
1: okay. Your one, your one B in college got you yes, magna. Yes, it did. Okay,
0: thanks well, a lot, professor. Anyways, anyways, freshman writing seminar. He tries to my magna, magna cum
1: laude me all the time, which then in turn made me feel stupid. Which was one of his, that was one of the ways that you would show your dominance over, like especially like in the old church. I was yeah, never good just, enough to what he would needed, what I needed to be, you know, spiritually or whatever
0: and let's 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 take a step back just for a minute. <laughs> it wasn't nearly as dramatic as showing my dominance, okay. <laughs> it was just um me trying i think trying to protect what we were doing at that time or protect what I was at the church, yeah, at the church, I was trying to protect what I was trying to do to serve God. In the only way that I knew how, and that was to to figure out these intellectual ways of trying to resolve this fact that mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe well, in what I was what, doing. That's
1: and that's what you were taught. You, you know, you were right. taught to. So
0: I just I wanted to clear yeah. that up. So it didn't seem like I was like the most dominance, domineering, dominant person not the ever. Adjective to use. It was. It, is it was adjective. Yeah, I think that's an adjective. You tell is me. Is it adjective I don't or is know. it? <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Um, but it was. It was more of my way of protecting myself. Mm-hmm. Of. Saying, all right, well, I, I don't really believe in, in what we're doing either, so let me just try to come up with a real intellectual way of saying this so that I can make you feel like maybe you don't understand it fully. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just can't understand it, so <laughs> you must be right.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And again, I think for me, that was a major defense mechanism trying to, so that we didn't have to discuss what we were going through at the point. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't fully understand it, my mind. Yeah. What was happening.
1: But this just shows how important counseling is. Like, I'll just speak for us. Like, it has been so important because I wouldn't have been able to probably connect the fact that it was a safety thing with Ben that I feel. And and now in our conversations when I'm feeling unsafe... Um, you know, because of a response or whatever he has, we're able to work through it so much more because he understands where I'm where I'm coming from. Um, and I I, I don't I, I don't think I would have been able to put that together had I not had we not been going to counseling. Like that felt like such a huge amongst a million other things, but just that particular piece in counseling felt um, so powerful to like realize in just made so much sense. Like it was finally it like it was a piece that like made so much sense to what we were going through. Many, many years
0: later. <laughs> yeah, but that conversation on the way to the restaurant, we had many of those over the course of the years while well, making some progress and making mm-hmm. a couple steps back and making some progress and a couple steps back. But um it go just goes to show that if there are some deep wounds and pains like we've we've talked about that unless they're really addressed then you can continue to find little progresses but those deep longings and aching's aren't being completely completely healed and um I believe and we believe fully that that Jesus Christ healed everything with his death and resurrection on the cross but relationally there's Hurts and pains mm-hmm. between us two mm-hmm. that, that go beyond just our life That unless some of those things Are addressed that mm-hmm. um, You might not feel complete freedom
1: Yeah Yeah. So we had started To meet with our new pastor um, A little bit here and there Who, who we really loved and respected And um, Was just so kind And like helpful in our coming alongside us and like wanting to offer help and it was almost like he could see how broken we were even more so than we could see and he was just like, "How are you guys doing? We're like
0: fine We're good okay, <laughs>
1: I think I mean, not really, but like, do you think we're worse than we are? <laughs> Boy was he right? <laughs> um, but he kind of offered us like, uh just what would have been premarital counseling, I guess, just kind of basic communication tactics and conflict resolution, sort of things that people would do probably in, in, um, premarital counseling that we never had. So we, he did that with us. And, um, so the, at our five year anniversary, we decided to renew our vows. We wanted to renew our vows and go ahead.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what to go ahead. It was, it was a little more than a year after leaving and we thought it was a renewal time and been married for five years and let's celebrate a new chapter in life. Mm-hmm. So we invite our friends and family and, um, didn't make it a huge thing, but yeah. it was mostly, actually it wasn't it's a couple friends, but mostly just family, yeah, a couple yeah. people from our new church, not our old church, <laughs> <laughs> actually a couple from our old church yeah. too, that were still our friends. But, um, we, we decided to renew our vows and, and, uh, have a, quick ceremony and I I don't even, (laughs) looking back at it, I don't know how much we really understood about it. We just thought, Hmm. you know what?
1: Five years made sense. It was like a milestone. It's a a
0: milestone. We want some newness in our life. Let's do this. Ended up being a great day.
1: It was a great day. I remember when we first kind of, when we first got to our church, our new church where we still attend, um, the administrator at the college who invited us um was like telling us about a husband and wife who had gone through something similar to us um and just saying how three years later the wife was still really dealing with like a lot of the trauma and stuff like that and I remember thinking and Ben too he doesn't remember this but I specifically remember (laughs) him saying I don't remember this like oh my gosh, three years, that will not be us. Like we cannot (laughs) still be dealing with things three years later. (laughs) And here we are nine years later. And I just laugh at my former self thinking if only it was three years. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not to say that I do believe that God could have made this process shorter. Um, if we, I don't know, I think his timing's perfect. Um, I wished he would have made it shorter because it's been a long ten years, nine years. But <laughs> but I do. I just have to trust that like his timing is right, and we're here today with the most, um, I guess, just growth that we've had the past couple years that we've had in all of nine years. Um, but I say that because now looking back, we've celebrated. This will be our thirteenth year of marriage. Like looking back at our five year vow renewal, like. What did we even think <laughs> was like so renewing about that?
0: And song. what, what, what must have other people thought <laughs> in like our family who didn't know our whole story? Oh, cool! You've been married for five years. You're gonna renew your vows. So apologize to any family members who thought what is what? Why are these people so narcissistic? Are well, they gonna do things I know, it did every feel five very years? Like it did
1: feel very like just so all about us. And, but it, um, at the time they, it
0: felt fine, but it now I look back at well, it. Thinking, and I think it really was fine. It
1: really was fine, <laughs> and, and because of what we went through, and I think our family knew enough to know that we had gone through. They, they knew enough to know that we were a part of a weird church that you were never around, so they knew that. Um, so I think they knew enough that, like, because I remember emailing everybody when we decided to leave the church, emailed the entire family to say you know, we've decided to leave the church and I think they were all obviously very excited. (laughs) Um, But yeah, looking back, it just feels like, it feels so premature, I guess, (laughs) you know, but I think the way that we can look at it is that that was important for us to do to really start. We wanted to start afresh and, you know, our former pastor had married us. And so I think we wanted just to Rededicate the fact that we were committed to each other, even if I wasn't in love with Ben, <laughs> and um, she we lied in her
0: vows <laughs> the second time around.
1: They never say anything about yeah, loving the other person.
0: Commitment. She's been completely committed, so yeah. no lie.
1: Right. So.
0: And what is love? Legitimately, it's commitment. Right. It's commitment beyond emotion. So, right. but
1: you want to feel the emotional. Yeah, kind but of obviously.
0: We've had an amazing amount of love between us. Yes, it's commitment beyond what your emotional ability yes. to commit is.
1: Yeah, yeah. If we if we're doing one thing right, it's commitment for sure, man. <laughs> um, but I think that's what we like look when we look back and think about our our vow renewal. Part of me is kind of embarrassed because I'm like, oh my gosh, five years and here we are, <laughs> seven years after that. Like, or not seven, obviously, but just feeling like, oh man. Like I, I feel like if anything, I want to renew my vows in, in the next five to ten years. You know, we're gonna do
0: <laughs> a third vow renewal.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, so people do it like ready. on a yearly okay, basis. You know, okay, listen, listen, okay. Heidi Klum and Seal did would renew their vows on a on a yearly basis. So did Maria Carey and Nick Cannon. But They're are they both are divorced.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: both are divorced. <laughs> so there's something to it, I
0: guess. To <laughs> yeah, not do it really it. works. <laughs> We'll um. go for a third if anyone wants to just suggest a great <laughs> gonna, just party opportunity. It's going to be a
1: destination. <laughs> yeah, just
0: someone suggest it and give us some money and we'll do it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a destination vow <laughs> renewal. Like a true vow, like a love renewal. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah,
0: someone watch our kids. Anyone want to volunteer? <laughs>
1: um, oh, but, tr-
0: Truman would love to be a part of a vow renewal. Oh, yeah.
1: He'll be a teenager by that point. No, we're not waiting that long, I guess. But anyway, um, but yeah, so looking back, it felt very premature. But I think, but on the flip side, can look at it like it was an important thing that we wanted to do to like, say, moving forward, we're committed to making things work. And even if we didn't understand what the capacity of what that meant at that time, we were committed to pushing through um, really, really hard things and hard conversations. In the future, and that's what we've been doing for sure, for sure, (laughs) (laughs) on the daily. (laughs) We've been doing it, um, but, anyways, those of you in counseling, hug your therapist, (laughs) (laughs) hug your counselor. Um, yeah, we're really thankful for that opportunity as we get more into this process of healing. For us, we'll talk more about like just how important counseling has been for us, um, and just kind of connecting pieces that we've been able to, just, we've been unable to see on our own, um, and really just mediate things that we've just, we're so, we're both so competitive. So to have somebody help us see each other better has been
0: really helpful. So, and hopefully we'll give you guys some, some tips, some tips or Mm. understanding about for free marriage for free. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can book us online at uh, (laughs) www.runforthehills.com. That was the one from before, so. We kept it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, until next time. All
0: right. See you later. Welcome to the final four
1: Welcome to the final four this week This week's final four is going to be highs and lows of parenting
0: Yes, maybe not four of each, but just a few highlights and (laughs) lowlights I'll go ahead and start with a low light
1: Most of these have to do with Truman, probably just because he's older And Tate is only two, so we have a little bit more life with Truman and So these are mostly about him (laughs)
0: And we all know if you have two kids, the second one just... You things know. aren't as big of a deal. No. I mean...
1: Like, the, the scary things aren't as big of a deal. Yeah, it's
0: just... You learn to live with it. It's like, all right, the kid's growing up. <laughs> um, not that you don't love them, but... So, anyways. Um, my first one with Truman. Um, this is a low light again. My first time watching him by myself. I don't know how old he was. Just a couple months, I think. Or like three or four months. I don't know.
1: He like was young enough
0: He was young enough where he wasn't rolling over yet, and he wasn't moving, and Carly was going to go out with her friends, and this was like the big night for me to watch him by myself. and um, <laughs> I put him on the bed in his room and uh, turned around to get some pajamas, and all of a sudden I heard this plop and turned around and he had fallen off the bed and was laying on the ground.
1: Luckily, it's a really low bed. It's an extremely low bed. It's like couch height.
0: Okay, well, you can tell yourself that unless you're the person who lets the kid fall off the bed who's, like, not even old enough to roll over yet. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know how he moved. He'd never moved before. (laughs) I have no idea how it happened. It wasn't like I was looking through clothes for five minutes. I just... I turned around and all of a sudden it was a plop, and he started crying immediately. And I picked him up, and he just immediately stopped crying and just started laughing. And I thought he might he might have internal bleeding right now. <laughs> <laughs> he might have internal bleeding right now. I can't believe, and I was shaking, and I'm I'm just thinking I'm a, I'm horrible. This is I'm never gonna watch the kids again by myself ever, ever.
1: So this was actually part of your plan to <laughs> yeah. you get out of watching the kids by yourself. So I
0: immediately told Carly <laughs> she needed to come home.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't actually. He didn't tell me at all. I, no. I came home from dinner and he's sitting on the couch. Truman was in bed, sitting on the couch, watching cartoons with like this look on his face. I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's going on? Said, Something really bad happened to <laughs> him, but he's, I think he's fine. I've like made sure to go and check on him every. Fifteen minutes or
0: so to make sure he was
1: breathing and stuff. It was like okay, but I wasn't worried about it. I mean, it seemed like it was fine.
0: I was majorly. I I did check on him about every twenty minutes and put my hand in front of his mouth. <laughs> he was breathing. <laughs> oh, those uh, are scary times. If that happened with Tate at that age. You'd be like, Yeah hey, well, I'll just you know, rub it off, kid. Oh no, we went a little tater. Little tater. <laughs>
1: Um, I'd say one of our highlights with Truman, um, well, Truman's just like a great kid. He really is. He is four and a half. He'll be five this summer. But, um, when it came to potty training, he, (laughs) I decided to wait until, after football season was over. So he turned to that summer. I waited till football season was over. So we started in like October because I really didn't want to be walking to the bathroom during the football game, like on a regular basis, um, several times a game potentially. And with the stadium seats and all of that, it just was a lot of effort. And so, <clears throat> and I was pregnant at the time. So there just were like a lot of things going on. But um he just was like really ready and it was the, everybody, I feel like every parent says like when they're ready, it's so much easier. And when they're not ready, like just don't push it. And I think especially with boys, um, people can say that boys can be harder or just maybe take a little bit longer than girls do potty training. But it was like the easiest thing.
0: Yeah.
1: It was really the easiest thing. And, um, felt so fortunate to, just yeah like he just was really compliant and we like ran errands the same day we kind of started potty training and took him into the bathroom wherever we went to go to the bathroom and here's a tip for you moms with little boys so public restrooms obviously the worst but the benefit with having boys um when they are not tall enough to like stand and go to the bathroom they have to sit which is obviously gross and it is can be (laughs) difficult (laughs) so what I have found to be the best thing and I think um I had a friend share this with me is you stand him up on the toilet obviously his pants are down like around his ankles and you put a toilet seat cover like over his pants that are and like over his underwear and he stands up and pees on the toilet, like into the toilet. It's so much better than having to try to get them to sit on the toilet. Cause the hard thing with when they're so little like that and they're at a public restroom, they can't like, they they can't, you have to almost take their pants all the way off to be able to sit on the toilet accurately. So they don't spray pee everywhere. And, Ben's be, being completely silent right now, I think because you haven't maybe had to take Truman to the bathroom no, a lot I when he was and young, you, really young. And you
0: know what I do is I just you hold, hold him, him and let him hover over there and let him pee right in there. Yeah,
1: that's smart. Same, same concept. Yeah. yeah. Same concept. Did you do that over a urinal? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, women's bathrooms don't have urinals. Well, get so. with
0: the program. <laughs> just let him pee in the sink. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> so that is a tip for you moms um, that has made... Peeing in a public place so much easier when they're little um, and are not able to, like, reach standing up. So, but along with potty training being pretty easy, um, that doesn't mean that we didn't have a couple incidences. Incidences? Incidents? Incidents. Incidents. One of them being, so he was, yeah, a little over two, almost two And he was potty trained at this point. We decided to go out to dinner and go to Toys R Us afterwards. It was like kind of a fun thing. Was difficult for me to like let go of the fact that we were going to be letting him walk around in uh, Toys R Us. Oh, R.I.P. Toys R Us. Remember when they used to be around? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That sort of thing like makes me anxious. I hate the thought of like a kid not being in a cart, especially if you have a Truman, because he is just so excited about every little thing that he's incapable of listening and staying close by. Anyway, so, but it was, we were, you know, pushing ourselves to do fun things. Well, I was pushing myself. Ben was like, this is easy for him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm pregnant, not feeling great. But so we, we go to Toys R Us. We're walking around. Um, we're looking at all the Nerf guns. He's like so thrilled about it. And I'm like kind of smelling something. And I'm like, true. Do you need to go to the bathroom? No, 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 I'm okay. And you know, like just continuing to like do this waddle. But, um, I just kind of kept smelling something. I'm like, "Mm, okay, bud. Are you sure you're okay? Yeah. Yeah. So he went from like, Being totally fine within like 10 seconds of like, my tummy hurts so bad. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) So I grab him and just sprint to the bathroom. Like, okay, buddy, just hold it. (laughs) Please hold it. Please hold it. And get into the bathroom. Well, it was not held. And let me tell you, this, hopefully you're not eating anything while listening to this. But so I sit him down. I, I pull his pants down, and it's it, it's it's already fully loaded. Fully fully loaded. And so I sit him down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do at this point because as I pull it down, it just smears everywhere. You know what I mean? And he just kept si- sitting on the toilet, saying, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no." Oh, no, Mama! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but this is not good, <laughs> So how to do the full like shoes off um, pants off underwear off? There was no like trying to save these underwear, which that was fine. I was fine with that, um, but I didn't know how we were going to like actually exit the bathroom because. It was terrible. And then he gets off the toilet. Toilet seat cover is stuck to him because it's just like it just keeps getting worse and worse. Not only that, but it was wretched smelling. It was so bad. And so there was someone else in the restroom with us. And I just kept thinking, oh, my gosh, I am feeling so bad for this person next to that's in the stall next to us. And um, Ben's waiting outside the door, you know, like as a concerned first-time dad. Like, you know, what's going on? More
0: like lucked out. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> just sitting there all whole time like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry about... Don't have to freaking clean up this poop.
1: <laughs> well, you didn't even know at that point. So I... I didn't
0: know. I smelled it going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, but you just didn't know how bad it was. I, I couldn't even... I mean, I, like, just, like, wrapped the underwear in like, an entire case of the toilet seat covers and just, like, plopped it in the trash. And the girl had walked out before we did, right? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) She, it was, she walks out, both throwing up in her mouth and pissed (laughs) off at the same time, and just has this look on her face like... Who in their right mind would do something like that? Because I don't think she knew it was a little kid at the point. At the, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sure she I'm, heard him. I'm Either way, she was sure. like so mad and so, and so disgusted, disgusted at the same time. I just looked at her and she... It's like she wanted to murder someone. And just you like. were like,
1: oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: must be bad in there. So
1: anyway, Ben... So Truman's, you know, half naked and Ben has to take him to the car... In his socks and shoes. <laughs> and um, put a diaper on him. Thank God we had extra diapers, obviously. But, um, yeah, that was, that was probably the worst incident. And really one of the only incidents we had with him in that, that capacity. But other than that, he was a dream body trainer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, another... Low light is Truman at petting zoos. Um, oh, you're going to tell the story? No, I oh. was going to let you. I was just oh, okay. opening it up because I have one story to add to it, but go okay. ahead.
1: No, you can, you can do yours because well, I just went.
0: Mine is really quick. It's not as big deal as the other one, but uh, we were at a farmer's market once and he was at a petting zoo and I'm pretty sure he paralyzed a rabbit. <laughs> I just, he like was hugging it so tight and like, I think he snapped its neck. Oh my gosh! And I I was like, "Oh no!" And and the the poor little thing was like, by this post not moving and like twitching a little bit. Oh my gosh! I think stop. I I think that I he might have he might have paralyzed the rabbit. So I didn't tell anybody. We got out of there as quickly as possible. Oh my gosh! (laughs) But he was just loving it so hard and I think he, he just pushed just his loves- neck too hard and he was like so spastic about it because he was so happy about it and I was like, oh no, um, but uh, do you want a snow cone? Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: If anybody knows Truman, they know how much he just loves, he loves the things that he loves very deeply, whether that's insects, Lizards, really, I don't know anything he doesn't love that's living, right? I mean, he just he he loves and he's not afraid of anything, he's not afraid of one thing, it's like mind blowing. Um, but this other time we were at a petting zoo, I was with a friend that I grew up with, and our kids are the same age, and so he wasn't quite two yet. And it's um a place in Orange County, and it's it's kind of like a zoo, and activity center and they have this petting zoo area um, where you can go into this like caged off area and sit and feed and hold the guinea pigs. So he is like, you know, everybody's like sitting calmly and petting the guinea pigs, like feeding them lettuce or carrots or whatever. He is like squealing with delight and pig pick, kept picking up these guinea pigs. And you're not really supposed to pick them up the way he was picking them up. He was grabbing them by, like, the scruff of their neck and, like, bringing them up to his face and just, like, screaming in their face because he was so excited <laughs> about holding them. And and then he would just, like, kind of plop them. Like, he wasn't gently. And, it, and like, that's the thing about him. He, he's not intentionally... Trying to be harsh or like cruel to animals, he just is like so passionate about things and and loving things gently is just a really hard thing for him. And so it kept happening, and the guinea pigs were like, they like squeal when they're either sensing danger or feeling threatened, and so they kept like squealing, and you know, it was it was. This was probably one of my most embarrassing parenting moments um, because my girlfriend's little daughter was sitting very calmly, nicely, petting the guinea pigs like, you know, most of the other children were doing. And here's my son who, like, just can't get enough and just kept grabbing them. And it it was so mortifying because it was we were causing a scene. We're basically causing a scene and the owners had to come over and say i'm so sorry but we're going to have to ask you to leave.
0: <laughs> yeah, kicked out of the I was there. I was
1: like sure, no problem. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> it was so embarrassing because it was i couldn't contr- I was like i couldn't even control him. And how do you even tell him like i don't know. It's like he does he's like what am i doing wrong other than not being gentle enough? Um but, oh my gosh, it was so embarrassing. Um, it was, yeah, it was so embarrassing. We got kicked out of a petting zoo. But that is, like, just so Truman. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Um, Probably another low light in our parenting is when Truman went through sleep regression at, like, two years old.
1: Yeah, which, who knew that
0: happened? Yeah, who knew that was a thing? I don't even know if it was a thing, but for him, it was a thing.
1: A thing. And it
0: was... Probably a month straight?
1: At the longest, but you know, like in baby yeah. years, that feels like two years.
0: When he was, he wouldn't go to sleep, we'd have to bribe him to go to sleep with like Silly Putty or a banana, like on Play-Doh. a walk, Play-Doh, something.
1: Well, yeah, so he would he would go to bed normally just totally fine. Lay him down, fall asleep. Now he was standing up screaming and getting out of his crib, so then we'd transition to a bigger bed. Um... And then was just incapable of. Oh no, he wasn't transitioned to a bed no. yet. This was before that. That was a whole nother transition. Yeah. And he. So he would just stand up, scream in his crib, and yeah. Truman. He doesn't. He doesn't back down.
0: No, no, just like Carly. So anyway, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> he'll he cry for an, go an hour to be- straight. Honestly, if he, needs he to. will
0: more than an hour. He'll just keep going. So, and then there was a point. When usually from like two or three in the morning until six in the morning, he would just be awake and, and wouldn't, wouldn't go back to sleep and wouldn't allow you to put him down. Yeah. And it it was just, it was, it was a middle of football season and.
1: And, and I was pregnant. It was already
0: busy and, and I would be in there from like two in the morning till six in the morning for like weeks. And it was. Miserable. Yeah,
1: that was a very low time in life. Very low. <laughs>
0: very low. I, I remember getting home and just pushing him in the stroller with just a glass full of whiskey, just straight whiskey, <laughs> just walking him, just thinking this well, is Well, that how was I'm the only survive. way we could
1: get him to sleep. We'd have to put him in the stroller, walk him around, and he'd fall asleep, and then we'd somehow pray to God that we could transfer him without him waking up. And then he would wake up, and then we'd have to start the process all over again.
0: Yeah and during that process I i mean I, I whispered some things in his ears that I wish I could take back and I'm glad he couldn't understand <laughs> I feel bad about saying that as a parent but it was just hours and hours in the middle of the night and I just told him like I, I told them stage. very firmly like you need to get it together and go to bed just in other words um, <laughs> it didn't work for some reason
1: he wasn't getting it. No,
0: he didn't get it. So, anyway, that was a That a was fail. so
1: that was so brutal though. It, it just that yeah, that was he's always been pretty bad at sleeping naps and stuff as as a kid. He gave up his nap at 2 years old and um you know, it, it that was really difficult to handle, but um he was always just really so happy-go-lucky and never fussy, so it kind of I was like, okay, well, if you're not going to nap, at least you're not, like, a terror all day. Um, And I think that was God's grace on us, knowing that he was a terrible sleeper, but he was never in a bad mood. Like, he was such a, like, just easygoing kid and baby, which, praise God (laughs) for that. Because the sleep was like, oof. But that was a brutal month, a couple weeks to a month,
0: whatever that was. Um, I've got a few more. Let's just be really quick with these because they're they're not overly complicated. I feel like a fail and a win for me is I let them eat a lot without washing their hands, even though they're extremely dirty. Don't let Carly know that, but what? that's just sometimes I forget, and sometimes they're in the middle of eating, and I'm like, well, they're already eating without washing their hands, so why stop them in the middle of eating? So, um, this is news to Carly, but I sometimes I
1: cannot even believe you're Some, telling me sometimes <laughs> sometimes
0: that. Sometimes and it just with hap- their hands. Yes, yeah, sometimes it just happens, okay? Sometimes they're playing with worms and then I forget for them to wash their hands Are and they you just kidding start me and they're alive and they're fine. So we'll move on from that.
1: <laughs> I cannot even believe this is happening right
0: now. I think, Wow. Yeah, I think a major win for us is that we just allow them to get dirty and do a lot of things and not mm-hmm. worry too much about that. So
1: Yeah. So when for us as parents yeah. <laughs> and they're just those, they are just, and both of them are that type of kid that just likes to be dirty. And, and I think that most boys at least like to do those things, but I do know some kids that don't enjoy being dirty and don't enjoy, um, kind of that unstructured playtime. But, um, our boys do. And I'm thankful that, it's just been in our nature as parents to just let them do those things and let them get dirty and let them catch the lizards and play with them all day. And, um, and you know, I don't want anything to do with it, and that's fine, but I can still try to foster there. I think something that we've been told, which has been such great advice as a parent, is to always try to, like, foster their curiosity um, and it can be so easy to like, try to like squander, um, just think that they want to know or learn. So even like the question phase that kids go through can be so hard, but if I found at times when I answer Truman, you know, with questions, cause he's a very curious kid when I answer him, um, like as literal as possible, It's amazing what kids, like, retain and soak in, and then when they, like, share that with other people, like, things that they've learned. Like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but when Truman has shared things that he's learned from, like, a book that we read that was maybe a little advanced for him, um, it's just such a proud parenting moment to feel like, wow, like, they are retaining what you're teaching them or what you're telling them. Um, So I really try not to give like sugar-coated answers to if you know obviously certain things that are you know age appropriate but if he asks how like something works or things like that um I think just fostering their curiosity letting them do those things go out and play and and um that's been so helpful especially for them and their personality they just need that but it's it's fun to watch them enjoy those things and to grow in those ways and um yeah, they just love to learn and I'm very thankful for that cuz I don't I don't know if they got that from me. <laughs> they maybe got it from Ben um as I'm staring at all 67 books that he's ordered <laughs> on Amazon just in 2019. <laughs> yep. Yep. But we have great kids. We really do. Um, they are definitely little turds sometimes. That's for sure. But we are thankful that they are ours and that we have, the, we have such a privilege to be able to be their parents. And I am not looking forward to, um, I guess, just the teenagers. I don't know. Maybe they'll be great.
0: They'll be great, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be in their great. own way. In their own way, sure. Yeah, but they are they are fun right now. They're really fun. Well, did you have anything else? Um.
0: No, the only other high and low would probably be like in the ocean in the waves with Truman because sometimes I get a little. Sometimes Truman almost goes under a little too much. But he's so adventurous, and he wants to go out farther, and just wants to keep going out farther, and then he wants to be by himself, and I kind of want him to experience that. But then, it's not always safe. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that's not okay with me. Water, <laughs> like water, is very, um, scary, and I don't. Do you? Um, I don't know. I I feel like you've you've lived so much of your life here in California now. So it's. I was gonna say, do you think that? Like, being aware of fear of water. Not a fear of water, but um, do you think any of that has to do with not growing up here? No. No.
0: I just think I'm like Truman in that way. Just sometimes a little... Outshoot my own ability. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're a little dumb? Yeah. You think you're bigger and stronger than you really are in a situation?
0: (laughs) No. I'm clearly as big and strong as that, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, with water, though, like, it's so... Water I don't like to mess around with. And other other things, like, going on a roller coaster that's maybe too scary or, you know, rolling down a hill or something like that, like, injury stuff is fine, but water stuff, like, freaks me out because it can just happen... It happens so quickly, you know, and especially in the ocean, it's just so unpredictable, so... Could you be a little more careful this year? Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> I'm holding him to that. Anyway, that concludes our final four for the evening. Ciao. Thanks for joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Bizography. See you next time.